0: You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk.
1: Well, my very special guests are Michelle... And uh, Samuel Odrego, they're from Burkino Faso, and uh, I'm going to talk to both of them uh, about their life and and amazing work. They both have wonderful stories uh, to tell, and I'm sure that you will be encouraged. But Michelle, if I could ask you, first of all, I mean, obviously you have spent a life of sharing the gospel, and you're still going strong.
0: But how did it all start? How, How did you develop a faith in God? Yeah, i do appreciate and i thank you very much for this opportunity just to allow me to share about how i come to know jesus christ yeah, born in burkina faso in west africa i was born in a christian family born in a christian family i found my father minister and he was very very busy you know winning souls especially children because in my country At the first hand, parents will allow the children to come to know Jesus, to learn, you know, to read and write, you know, and then from there give themselves to the Lord. My father was very busy bringing people to come to know God, even children, but not us. It's only when I was eight years old that something strange happened to our house. You know, one day my father went to buy some sugar. That moment, we were selling just cubes, few cubes, for few, you know, pences, you know, and then you will they will wrap it up in a piece of paper, give it to you, and bring it back just for your coffee. Yeah, so it was a bit, it's quite special then. Oh, very special. Yeah, very special. Then one day, my father was upset when I was eight years old, and he will said to my mom, that somebody something strange happened to me. You know, I brought some sugar in my house, and I put it on the barrel, you know, and I don't find it. Then my mom said, but ask your children. Then they called me, and they asked me, are you the one who took the sugar? I said, no, no, dad, I did not. I have a twin sister. She asked my, my twin sister also. She said no. Then my younger brother, and he said no. Then what happened? my parents was very, very upset. And I could remember, I even now I am talking, I could see my mom, you know, discussing very strongly, you know, with my dad. He said, but you know what? There is something wrong. You have been leading other children to Christ, you know, asking them to confess Jesus Christ, not to lie, you know, to tell truth, not to steal. But in your own house, you're left to your own children. When the last time? You led them to Christ. When the last time you talked them about getting saved and this and that, then my father found that sincerely he didn't do it officially the same way he was doing with other children. So that moment in the morning, my father will get up early morning, that's a usual thing, he will open, he will take his Bible, you know, and light the lamp it was a carazon lamp mm. then we will wake, wake us up we will all come around it will read the Bible it will we will pray together morning devotion before we start the day in the evening. When we come back from farm, he will do the same thing. We will pray together, you know, and read the Bible before we go to bed. So it was
1: a bit of a watershed for your dad then, uh, really being pulled up by your mother and saying, now, come on, uh, you need to put time into your own family, never mind uh, other people. Not that you shouldn't do it with other people. But of course, the end of that story
0: was that there was a thief that had taken the sugar. Exactly. A rather unexpected thief. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that really was very hot for my dad. You know, then that, that, uh, that evening, you know, he, he told us, he said, "But listen to me, children. I have something very special to tell you. We are Christian. Your mom and myself, we believe in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you something. There is a day Jesus Christ will come back. When Jesus comes, my mom, uh, your mom and myself, we are saved. We will go with Jesus. But you, kids, Three of you, you are not saved yet. You belong to the devil. And you will go with the devil to hell. If you don't confess and accept Jesus as us, you will never go to heaven with us. You need Jesus and we need to stop. You need him to save you, to stop stealing and lying, you know, as you are doing right now. Oh, dear. Then now he said, at the end of the day he said would you like to accept jesus christ would you like to be saved and go with us with jesus when he comes i was the first to say yes dad i want to confess my sin because i want to see jesus with you i don't want to go to hell with the devil my younger, my twin sister said so and my younger brother also said so that day is the day my father led us you know to pray the sinner prayer and accept jesus but Personally, I know personally, I did it all heartedly, seriously, and I believed what he said, you know, and this is how he led us. But there is a time during the same week, you know, my mother was just cleaning my father's room when he was cleaning, you know, and that time he went beyond the barrel was there. And when he was cleaning, she found the sugar wrapped in the paper down on the floor. And there is a big wall on the ground. This is where the mouse, you know, who was in, in the house. So the mouse was the real thief. Yeah, the, the mouth was the real thief. He pulled the sugar and it fell down there. This is my dad was looking at it and he could have found. This, that moment when we gathered to pray, my dad confessed. And he said, children, I lie on you. I lie on you, Bobette. anyway, I found my sugar. It was just the mouse who took it. So I I am asking forgiveness. But you know what happened? That moment in my heart, I was rejoicing. And I was saying, Jesus, no matter what, if through the rat or through the mouse, I found Jesus, I will not go to hell. I will not go with the devil. It's enough. I don't want to know nothing else. I have accepted Jesus. I have confessed. And then God started to reveal himself to me the rest of the years, you know, to show me that I couldn't set myself free except through Jesus because sin is heavy is heavy and no one could do it on his own we needed salvation we needed Christ we needed somebody a supernatural power to come and rescue us
1: now if I turn to your son Samuel Uh, Samuel I know that you're a strong believer and that we're going to be hearing about the work that you're now doing inherited from your father you were also brought up with a father who was sharing the gospel all over the place, but um, did he have some time for you?
2: <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, he did have some time for me, and uh, yeah. So, so what was it like for you coming to faith? Then, I mean, again, you were brought up in a
1: very strong Christian household, and as we've heard, a very strong father in Michelle and, and, and so on. But what was the crunch point for you?
2: Yeah, so with him, uh, with my father and yeah, my mother, we were always on the go, you know. And we did have many children, other children, because our house was, uh, yeah, uh, welcoming more children to, you know. So a busy household. A busy household. So um, Did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, so we are all together six. Mm-hmm. So five biological children of my parents and one adopted daughter. So the good thing is that we are, He will make sure that we are all involved into ministry. So in fact, um, he started the first Christian brass band in my country, and that was through me. So I can say that I'm. So the So you're fir- a, bu- a brass band man. Yes. Yeah, so what do I you play trumpet. Oh, fantastic! So I can say that I'm the first Christian Brooknabi to start a brass band through my dad. And you've been blowing your own <laughs> trumpet ever since. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, then we're always going to go to villages, you know. We do a march, we play the trumpet, the brass, and mm. the people, we come, and then he will preach, you know, bring people to Christ. And then, you know, uh, yeah, I got saved, my brother and myself, at one, uh, one time, at, it was in the evening, one of his friends, who is a pastor, came, and my brother and myself decided to, to become Christian. And he led us to Christ. How old were you then? Uh, I would say between 12 to 15 years old. Okay, indeed. And was there a
1: noticeable, a noticeable difference for you from that point on? I mean, obviously, and it's good because clearly you weren't pressurized, you know, because at 12, you had a, a lot of time to yeah. both see and the witness of your father and your mother. And of course, what was happening in the people in the households and in the villages and so on. So what took you
2: so long? Yeah, uh, we are, you know, born in a Christian family, so you feel like you're a Christian. So. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, you thought yeah. you were.
1: Well, and I guess there's many people who think they are a Christian because their parents are a Christian. Are they being baptized as a baby? Mm. So you were like that? No.
2: No. So after giving myself to Christ, then I decided to be baptized. So I took the, those classes, you know, uh, three months, and then I got baptized, you know. Yeah, and uh, one thing I wanted to uh, I want to mention is that you know I became Christian and then it got into a point where I have to travel because when I got my high school degree, I decided to go to the U.S. for my studies, and that's where I start to learn how to fly myself, how to trust in in Christ, and have an intimacy because I was by myself at some point so. Life was very difficult. And, of course, in the United
1: States, a totally different culture from what you were used to in Africa, in Burkina Faso. uh,
2: The state's totally different. Was it really difficult for you? It was very difficult. Culture shock. You know, uh, people like being around people in my country. In the U.S., you know, it's an individualist um, society. And also, you know, I didn't have money to pay my school and all of that, so I have to trust in the Lord. You know, so it has really deepened me into... A, a a a a greater intimacy with Christ. Amazing
1: Grace, and of course that is the Kingdom Choir there, uh, which you may remember uh, sung at the wedding of Harry and uh, and Meghan. Well, my very special guest today, Michelle and Samuel, and uh, we're talking. We started off by talking about the early days of faith. Now, Michelle, for for you, uh, clearly you had that experience as a child. Were you then? Did you begin as you got older? To begin to even work alongside your dad in going out to the villages and so on. Uh, what happened after you're, you're sort of giving your
0: life to Christ, as it were, at such a young age? Mm. Yeah, when uh, uh, after I gave myself to the Lord, a few years later, my father went to be with the Lord. 53 years this year. So I mean, that was we, quite it, a shock for you. Yeah, in 1970. No, he went to be with the Lord. I did not have opportunity to serve by his side. You know, and learn a lot from him. But you know what? The Lord is a sovereign God. Since I got saved and he was just revealing himself to me every night before my father died, you know, I will go to my father and said, but I cannot sleep. There is some things that I see, dreams in the night. My father will tell me, son, pray before you go to, you know, you go to sleep. Son, call on Jesus Christ. And you know what happened when i was doing that the desire to serve god you know build up in my heart to the point that i was going to children camp nevertheless wherever it is i will go to children camp then i become a monitor you know uh uh, what yeah i will say a, a monitor in the children camp and in 1972 that the Lord really spoke to me clearly. When I was a monitor in the, in the youth, uh, I decided one night just to seek the face of God and said, Lord, if you want me, the burden is in my heart. If you want me to serve you, just reveal yourself to me. Just tell me clearly, you know, what you want me to do. And I, I spent that night in 1972 to pray and seek the face of God. And this is that evening, it's that evening, that the lord appeared to me in my prayer and he said my call is upon your life you are the man i have chosen you but i'm going to test you before you know uh you know you, you enter into this ministry how old were you then, michelle that woman i think i was around 18 yes 18 yeah so of course, eighteen is yeah. a is a very 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 formative
1: year, isn't it? Yeah. I and mean in fact, children, you know, they're all formative years, but at eighteen, yeah. there can be a tendency to rebel and so on. Exactly. Obviously, you went the other way, and you yeah. you went and asked God. Were you surprised in in the God being so clear, so
0: crystal clear, and appearing to you? Sincerely, I don't think I was surprised because I, the day I give myself to the Lord, as as I told you again, the Lord was just revealing Himself to me, and I was growing stronger and stronger. And every time I was going to the children camps, you know, as as even you know a, a child to take part of the all the teaching and the trainings and all things, my faith was growing. So when we get to the when I get to the place where I was telling God, reveal myself, I was ready. Sincerely, I was ready for the ministry. Then he said, yes, nevertheless, I am with you. I have called you, you know, step in. Well, obviously, that was a great message
1: to hear. But, of course, there was that also word about the testing. So
0: what were those tests? The testing, uh, the Lord told me that time uh, that I have to go to a country named Liberia, you know, to do my Bible training there in English. And I did not, that time, I did not even travel 100 kilometers away from my capital city. Yes. Th- then he told me, go to Liberia. To go to Liberia, uh, first of all, I have to raise funds to so have money to buy the ticket, the train ticket. Then go to the Côte d'Ivoire, Africa. When I get to Côte d'Ivoire, I do have to, again, look money and then take a road, go to Liberia. Things that I've never done in my life, you know, and... Uh, I- I listened to god and i said okay if you want so lord you know provide a job i will like to work have money and buy my train ticket to go to the kodiwa then the lord provided even the work it was just like a building you know and i was helping to build even today i can show you that building that i built that moment you know to have the money and that now it was in 1973 you know that i was able to work and have the money to buy my ticket by faith i left knowing nothing and I get to the Cote d'Ivoire when I went to Cote d'Ivoire I found a French missionary and a Burkina pastor who are there and they asked me because they knew my parents they know all the family they asked me where are you going what are you doing here Michel?" I said I am on my way to Liberia I said what for I said, well, the Lord told me to go there and do my uh, Bible training in Liberia. Then they asked me, but there is no Bible school in Burkina, in Upper Volta, that moment. I said, but I was born in a Bible school. My father was a teacher in the Bible school. Mm. And they said, but why you don't go there? They said, no one, I said, no one will believe in me. And again, God told me, because that moment you needed to be at least 40 years before they accept you in the Bible school. You need to be mature, you know, and an adult. You will not accept young, young, young guys, you know, in the Bible school like this. So I told them, no, I have to go there because the Lord told me to go to Liberia. So they came together and they said, no, we will not let you go. Do you have money? I said, I have no money. I need to work, to find for work here, have the money, buy my ticket to go there. Do you know somebody there? And I said, well, there is one pay in Elwa Radio Elwa. Is he from Burkina. He's doing the broadcasting and he's the one helping there. His name is Ernest. Uh, and I will go to him. And he said, No, you cannot do that. First of all, there is a danger in Liberia. There is like a war getting, you know, preparing and things like that. We will not let you go there. You have to go back to Burkina and prove to the, you know, to your people that God has called you. Go back. And, and prove it. Then there is a French missionary who sent his car from France, you know, to Côte d'Ivoire, you know, then he was from Burkina. So he came to, to Côte d'Ivoire to take his car from the port back to, you know, Burkina Faso. Then these people came together and they tell me, you have to go back, ride back in that same car with this French missionary back to Burkina Faso and prove that God has called you by going to the Bible school there. Prove to the people so they put me back in
1: the car and send me back. And I suppose there begins a lesson, because obviously people uh, can give us what seems to be very good advice, yeah. and God can even use their bad yeah. advice, as, exactly. as we will hear that exactly. did happen. Yeah. But I guess that 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 I guess there's a balance between listening carefully to what other people tell you but but of course with you the dominant voice in your life was that of god himself but nevertheless you did go back to bikino didn't you
0: i did because you know god speak from one way sometimes one way sometimes another way you just have to listen and have confidence you know, in, in your heart. Were you confused at, at, at having to go back to Bikino? Because obviously
1: God had spoken to you very clearly and you had been obedient. And then, of course, all of a sudden you get these negative voices. Yes. Uh, what was going on? What, what did that do to your faith? Were
0: you discouraged? Uh, sincerely, deep in my heart, I was not discouraged. Deep in my heart, I had confidence. Because that, you that knew God, that the word was strong. Yeah, yeah. I, I have confidence that God was in it so i let myself i let the word of god and the, that confidence carry me like a wave i allow god to just to carry me like a wave and i said well somehow you know god god is in it it will help me but in the f- further i will tell you that things has been fulfilled another way god has used it another way
1: now my very special guests uh, today are michelle uh, Wedrego, uh, and his son samuel mm-hmm. real faith building stuff mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, we left it that you had gone home, uh, Michelle. Uh, so you'd heard from God go to uh, uh, which country was it, Lebanon? Uh, In uh, Cote uh, d'Ivoire, Liberia. Liberia, go to Liberia, and indeed you were on your way. But unfortunately, some Christian brothers uh, thought, no, 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 you should be doing this at home, and they sent you home, and you went home. But within you, you were carrying that word, God said, go. So tell us what happened when you went home, because you did eventually
0: go, didn't you? Yes, I went home, and immediately uh, I, I went to the Bible school, you know, and then I passed my test they accepted me even though you know I, I am a young man i was accepted so against the odds you were accepted yes i was ex- accepted you know how, I, how old were you then michelle yeah i was uh it, it was in 19 uh, in 1975 mm-hmm. you know that uh, <clears throat> I, I went uh, mm-hmm. and i was accepted that moment you know and uh you know when, when i went into the bible school immediately you know the lord told me make a team of evangelists build a team and you will you will call it spread the light spread the light spread Uh, the light yeah spread the light so it was the first time in history to see a young man who come to the bible school and try to build in the bible school within the bible school group of students who will be evangelists and their vision will be to take all the villages around the Bible school take them one by one, one by one for Christ. And it's interesting isn't it because there's one thing learning about
1: theology yeah. uh, we have lots of learning all over the world in theological colleges and yeah. so on which yeah. is all very good and we're blessed to have so much fantastic teaching but the teaching is no good mm. if you don't practice. flesh it out if you don't practice. That's yeah. right yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, So tell us about what happened with your team. I, I tell you with this team when we started by bicycles we were going on just with drum and we will just start uh, uh, evangelizing we will see the chief and we will tell them we are coming this this weekend we are going to sing we are going to dance we are going to praise god we are going to talk about christ can you please bring all the village people you know uh, together tonight and we are going to celebrate together i tell you some villages in the pen big. i can have we can have 500 people in the in the night sometimes we can even have like one thousand people then we will be singing and celebrating then stop and i am the preacher this yeah. is where we started the evangelism and this is where all my charisma t- started to show up and this is where god told me i told you i am testing you i am going with you i am with you i promise you that evening that you were praying that I will take you to different nations. This is why I am telling you, I'm testing you, go and learn your Bible school in English in Liberia. But here, back here, look how much I'm going to use you to take village from village to village. I'm telling you, we started like that until 1978. I was fearful and the school director has to take even the only uh, track they have, release a pickup track, release it to us. And said, every weekend you go, just have the pickup, you know, carry everything you want to go, your drums and everything, just go. We were taking village to village to village for Christ at that moment. When I was graduated in 1978, then a missionary lady called me, you know, and and first of all, it was a missionary called me and he said, can you, can I equip you? I can see you when you were at the Bible school. I watch you. I will buy a moped for you with a trailer and I will put... Slide projector in them and uh, in it and a small generator with eight uh, batteries, a uh, 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 loudspeaker, and I believe that with that you can make it. I said yes, do it. So he bought two uh, mopeds. Somebody is carrying it with me, and then we will go. My brother, from village to village. Now is not only around the Bible school, but now across the whole country. Those who are in Burkina who hear me, understand, and you know what I'm talking about. As a young man, I was not married. I tell you, I went across all the villages, all the provinces in Burkina, preaching the gospel with that slight projector about the story of Jesus and this and that. At night, we can have maybe like 1,000 people. And after preaching, I finished preaching like one o'clock in the morning. And then I will ask them how many people want to give themselves to the Lord after listening the story of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, everybody will lift their hands in the dark. Only just maybe two bulbs, two bulbs of light, you know, will be there. They will lift their hands. I said, no, 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 no. If you want to confess Jesus and have him as your master, kneel down on the dirt. Kneel down. At the night, I will see everybody kneeling on the dirt, you know, confessing Jesus as their savior. I tell you, brother, it, it was just wonderful. It was just great. And I did that across all, you know, Burkina Faso.
1: It must have been then a real draw because, I mean, in in many of our local churches here in the United Kingdom, we don't see that sort of uh, approach. And we certainly don't see thousands and thousands of people queuing up to hear the gospel. Uh, but because God was using you and your fellow students in such an amazing way, uh, of course, when the time did come to leave and, and to go, and perfect your English and yeah, so on yes. and, and I guess study theology and yeah. so on that must have been quite difficult because you would be leaving something which was alive and real and of course very effective
0: in terms of God using you in a mar- remarkable yeah. way yeah. It, it was really very hard when when that missionary called me and said one, one day I was, I was passing she called me and she said Michelle come here I am I'm watching your life and I see anointing on you, but you can do better if you learn English. And I know that you can be a blessing to other people and you will have opportunity even to travel. And then godly things will be more clear to you and re- reading through this book. so Did you not have any English at that time? I, I t- absolutely nothing. Okay. I, I didn't know nothing. Then I told her, yes. M- miss mary I, w- I will be glad to do that you know what she told me okay i can spare a scholarship to you you know in england you know in a Ab- bit in the Abiti, oh. that's in sussex mm-hmm. in Berkshire. you know I, you, you, I can pay for you if you would like to go and i said miss mary you want to do that for me all right okay the Lord spoke to me in, the far in before and he told me I am going to use you, but go to Liberia, learn English you will be a better servant if you understand English and you will you will, you will be able to be a blessing to many more people and now you are just God is bringing it back and through you is fulfilling that yes I would like to. So in a way, Liberia's loss was the UK's gain. Is that right? Did you Did you go to Liberia? I did not go to Liberia. I bet something has happened today. My son Samuel, who's talking to you now, is married to a lady. You know her. Uh, uh, her background yep. is Liberian, oh. which means that right now, even though I am get, I am retired, I am getting ready for crusades in in Liberia. Michelle, I believe it.
1: I don't think there's anything. No such word as retirement with you. Uh, you you'll be keeping going until, of course, the the Lord calls
0: you home. Okay. Won't you? Of course, yes. A, when we talk about retirement, it's just words we have to talk with the Lord. There's no retirement. But obviously, you did come eventually to. To the
1: uk and of course there was also a wonderful story where your your wife was
0: able to join you yes uh we, I, I told i told that lady there uh, who, who wanted to pay i said can you pay i am single but i can go grab my wife my beloved one i am not married yet she's a, she's just my fiance yes. I, I can grab her get married and both will go and she said you know what this is even that It is just a divine appointment from God. It was not, that's not a man plan. So as I said, but you know what, Miss Mary? I want my wife also to be trained like me in a a faculty, you know, know about God so that we can learn English so that we can serve together. Yeah, and she said, well, but with me, it's impossible. And I told her, but with God, it's it's possible.
1: Now tell us how that happened and and how, in fact, your wife, yeah. who be, the lady who became your wife. Yes. Uh, eventually did join you and did actually
0: train with you. Yeah. She, she came uh, and, uh, I mean, uh, I flew. And I left her, uh, well, first of all, I went back. You broke you know, her heart by saying, goodbye, dear. I went to her parents and I, I, and I asked them if they can be married in 1979. Mm-hmm. You know, And then they said, yes, we allow you. You can marry, it, leave her, and then you can go to England. So I did. And I told her. We prayed together and I said, honey, I give you six months. If my Lord in heaven, you know, he is alive, in six months' time, God willing, you will join me in England and we are going to, 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 to serve God together and learn English. And, and, and God so did provide God for that. God did. Yeah. I came one day, the director of the school called me and he asked me, Michelle, do you know people in Europe? I said, I don't know nobody because you was speaking French. I couldn't speak English. Yeah. I said, but how come? Look at this envelope. People send an envelope from Europe, you know, for a student from Burkina Faso, uh, from Upper Volta, his name is Michel, but it is you. It can be only be you. You are the only one here. Do you know anybody I said, I don't know? Up to, tonight, to today, sincerely, I heard only that maybe it's an Italian church who was, you know, in Germany, you know, who heard about me, who collected the money, who sent it. When he showed me the money, at all to Mr. Zbinden. as Mr. Zbinden, you know what? This is to bring my wife she's a left her in burkina she has to come you know here and do the same study as i do and you know what he said but michelle do you know something for the first time in history the assemblies of god church in burkina has invited me and my wife to come for a convention a national convention in burkina faso do you know that i said they are not only just inviting you but they are calling you to come and bring my wife back with the money you have, if it's enough, I know uh, you you can bring you can bring her back. Then I called her. It was just uh, what we call that uh, fax. It was uh, fax that moment or what uh, mm-hmm. or that moment. It was not telephone like now by uh, No, it was even not fax. Uh, what we call that? Uh, well, telegram. Telegram. I told her go quickly. Make a passport and send your passport to Côte d'Ivoire, you know, to the embassy, get a visa and be ready. God is at work, something is going to happen. You know what? She got her passport, she got the visa, and when the director of the school went to Burkina, she found that she's ready. And the money was enough to buy a ticket. That was a French You know, enough to buy the ticket. Yes, and then you brought my wife to me in England.
1: You must have been so encouraged. In fact, the whole whole of your story has been impossibilities with the God who does the impossible.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. That's my life, even today. This is my life. Mm. I, I like what is impossible. So what was it? What's, what was studying in the UK?
1: Like we, I talked to Samuel a moment or two ago because obviously he was saying her, he went to the United States and there was quite a culture shock. What, was it the same for you coming to the
0: United Kingdom? Well, the, the culture shock was there. That's number one. But you know what? The call. The call of God was overshadowing me. Mm. It was even stronger than even my wife. We don't understand. We were both here. We could have decided to stay here. It was easy. In fact, we had even an opportunity to uh, to, to go to to Egypt as a missionary, you know, uh, paid and supported by a Christian organization that I don't remember at all together. And we said, no, we, we think that God's call is on us. We have to go back to Africa we have to go back to Burkina and serve and do what God has called us to do you know And at that moment even at the end of the uh, the school my wife was even pregnant of our uh, first child we could have said well no we go don't go home let us stay here and do this but the call of God was just like a shield saying you know Woe to me if I don't preach if I don't talk your word is like a fire you know locked up in my bones so we were feeling that more or less, and we, are, we were called to go back.
1: One of the things that you're inspiring me with, Michelle, is that there are many people who are leaders today who unfortunately don't appear to have the passion and even the certainty that you clearly have had all of your life from when you were a that, that young man mm-hmm. uh, and called as a student and so on, and going around those villages and literally saying, Thousands of people's lives changed. Uh, uh, do you feel that, that God has a special plan to change things? Because obviously, you know, what you've learned, which almost seems to come as second nature to you, expecting the God of the miraculous, expecting God to not only speak but to provide. Unfortunately, in my experience, this, this is not the norm here now but in in truth it should be the norm shouldn't it
0: yeah but uh, let me tell you what i can talk about that when you surrender yourself sincerely to, to to christ when you open your heart and you tell holy spirit dwell in me my heart is the dwelling place is the temple of the holy spirit i don't know i don't want to know nothing else lord christ alone this is you I am yours and yours alone listen he will come in he will come he will take control and all your ambitions your desire your emotions Will be his and he's alone. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk.
1: Now, if uh, listening to the program today, you've, you've thought, Michelle, uh, here's a man I would very much like to meet and I would very much like him to pray for me. Well, I've beat you to it because last Saturday when I had lunch with him, I asked him if he'd pray for me and, uh, and he did, uh, and he can pray for you, and you can be blessed by coming along to Emmanuel Church in Southbourne this Sunday at six thirty p.m. That we worship together, but. Wonderful, wonderful ministry from Michelle and his son Samuel, uh, who we're going to talk. I'm going to talk to him again in in, in just uh, a moment. So that's six thirty, Emmanuel Church, Southbourne, on Sunday evening. Come, and you will most surely be blessed. You're going to hear a little bit more from Michelle, which hopefully will even whet your appetite even further. So don't delay. If you don't get the blessing, it's not my fault because I've told you, 6.30, Sunday night, Emmanuel Church in Southbourne. Now, of course, probably Michelle will say a little bit more, but Burkina Faso is a country which has had instability because of, of, of coups and so on. It's also a country which is pretty poor, actually, one of the poorest countries in West Africa. And because of that, there are countless children who are in need of support. When Michel, went, and with his wife, went back uh, to Bikina, one of the things that he did was to make a response to that poverty. And in the same way that you have heard him share about God's provision, God is still doing that provision. He did it with Michel, but... He's getting on a wee bit, Michelle, although I have to say he's got more energy than I have uh, and many of us who are years younger than him. Nevertheless, he passed the baton to his son Samuel who now runs... uh, the ministry, which is called Way of Hope, and yesterday Samuel uh, on my breakfast show told us a little bit about the provision. But for those of you who didn't hear yesterday's show, Samuel, just tell us a wee bit about the the, the essence of the work uh, that you're that you're doing in terms of Way of Hope.
2: Yeah, thank you, uh, Mr. Blaze, and thank you to uh, Hope FM again for having us this morning. So yeah, so we have in a Christian nonprofit organization called Word of Hope and you know within word of hope we do education uh we uh, recruit children in need orphans and displace children because of the terrorist attacks and we take them to the our boarding school which is in wagadougou in the capital of, of burkina faso and we feed them three times a day we uh, educate them uh, general education and we also teach them the word of god the founder like to say pound jesus christ in them and uh, yeah, so uh, this is what we do. We also do healthcare, where we have a medical center within Ouagadougou where we provide medical health care to the community at affordable cost. Uh, last year, in fact, we have over 1,050 patients uh, who, who visited uh, the medical center. And we also do uh, tr- um, animal breeding and, and uh, gardening. Uh, training the kids also how to take care of animals and also to do gardening.
1: And of course, all of this work is is given to the people who are in need, irrespective of, of their faith. In fact, many of the people who who come to you for help are Muslims, aren't they?
2: Yes. So most of our the, or most of the people uh, who come to come to us are Muslim because this is a country where we have over sixty percent of the population uh, are Muslim. So
1: now, your dad has been talking about God's provision. He'll be telling us some more about that. But of course, you also, I mean, you said when you went to the States to do your own training, you didn't have the money. Uh, you were in a foreign land, a foreign culture. And yet you discovered
2: that God provides. And of course, He hasn't stopped providing, has He? He hasn't. And I'm glad that, you know, I went through the United States because it have helped me uh, somehow understand. Understood, my dad. You don't have the uh, the you know United
1: States accent, though. You? <laughs> <laughs>
2: you've got your you've got quite a unique accent. Yes, of course. So speaking French. So you have uh, it. had took me through understanding what means the Lord provision. Because my dad, when we grew up, you know, we always, you know, uh, uh, we don't have what we needed, but anytime the Lord will provide, and we couldn't understand that, you know. But myself going through all of that. I've, you know, got to learn what it really means, the Lord provision uh, laying on God's to provide. So,
3: Yeah, and,
1: and of course uh, the children are part of that provision. One of the things that I was really blessed when you told me yesterday was that, that the children are very well aware that you need food, that you need clothing, that you need everything to sustain life. But you've involved the children in praying and developed... A very real faith in them. Now, I know you'll have a million stories that you can tell, but tell us, tell us just a few stories of, yes. of the difference it's made to kids.
2: Yeah, so uh, this is a story of uh, a young girl called Rahim Nawende, which means don't forget about God. So a couple of, year, couple of years ago, we recruited this little girl named Go Rahim Nawende through her stepmother, this little girl motherless lost her father during a terrorist attack and did not have any opportunity to pursue her studies thank god another childless lady adopted her and after a while the childless lady who adopted this little girl also lost her husband after a terrorist attack so despite all the challenges over this little young girl right one day, this school year, she will be going to high school because she successfully passed her national exam. So this is the type of people we recruit at our Boarding School.
1: And of course, that's very, very practical sort of uh, provision and, and built faith in that. I love their name. What, was it, what does it mean again?
2: Don't forget about God.
1: Don't forget about God. Yes. And that little
2: child became a Christian, yeah? Yes, she became a Christian.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and for yourself, I mean, obviously, uh, you were brought up with Michelle and, uh, and faith was instilled in you. And as you shared with us earlier on, you yourself uh, made your commitment to, to Christ. And, but yours also has been a life of faith and dependency upon God. Uh, uh, what has that done to you in terms of, of your passion, of, of why you exist, you know, Samuel? In, in terms of so in other words your your walk with god as as it's gone on has it increased your faith
2: yes of course uh with the work we're doing and all of that and also my past experience yeah um it's always a a a, a happy to see a child you know who couldn't afford you know parents couldn't afford going to school sending to school or who are rejected by the family and because he's coming from an incest family so Uh, to be on our compound and given a chance a blessed uh, way to be educated and to also know Christ so this is is always a blessing so it also increases our faith because when we don't have enough food and we pray with the kids 5.30 to 6 a.m. every day and we see the lost provision you know yeah, you'll, yeah, you. Yeah. So signs and wonders and God's provision is a way of life for you,
1: and not just for you, but for your dad, and oh. also for all of the children uh, that you work with.
2: Yes, it's yes, it's oh yeah, it's, it's relying basically on signs and wonders from God.
1: Now, when I asked you yesterday about how all this work was funded, you did say that one of one of the provisions that God makes is for people to uh, ad- almost to adopt children uh, and. Eddie Martin, who is with us now as well, coordinates that. Of course, it all started with Myra's Wells. Eddie, tell us what you've been doing in Burkina Faso because you've been planting wells all over the country, haven't you?
3: Yes, uh, I first met uh, Michelle over 27 years ago and we've kept up our contact ever since and worked together with Myra's Wells, uh, even putting a well in the village of Hope where Michelle is, which has been one of the most amazing wells We've ever drilled, so that sort of cemented the relationship, and we keep working with them every every time we go, and in between. But we have become we've come to a point, or some of us at least, we haven't made any formal decisions yet. But we've come to a point where we're asking ourselves: Is there some way that we could devise some sort of sponsorship scheme so that people in the UK could actually sponsor? The children or a child in this school in some way, but we haven't got the details worked out, and there is no publicity. So it's being worked out even as we speak. It is indeed, yeah. But people can approach me on the Myers Wells web, via the Myers Wells website, and uh, we'll be happy to keep them up to date.
1: And it's your daughter who is going to be sort
3: of uh, well, hopefully. Uh, but when my daughter was speaking to me last night, she said what are you going to drop me into next? Oh, uh, But my, my, <laughs> my daughter is very efficient and very energetic. She's been to Burkina a couple of times, so I'm hoping and praying that she'll help. It's not a big operation from our point of view. Uh, it's just a matter of um, sending the word and trusting God to tap people on the shoulder. So uh, when, when it's
1: ready... Uh, then obviously Eddie will come back on the station and he'll tell you all, you know, how you can engage with this very, very exciting work. This is where the rubber hits the road. We have a God who loves passionately and who cares for every single individual. If you're listening to this program, let me just tell you that God loves you. He's crazy about you. He made you. The trouble is that you've been listening to too many wrong voices. Take those wrong voices and put them in the nearest bin and start listening to a father who really loves you uh, and come along on Sunday night and I promise you you will be blessed well, now let me uh, return back to uh, to Michelle. You started clearly the work that you passed on uh, to your son, and clearly Samuel has been a good steward of that work. I guess that wanting to do something about the the, about the state, the the suffering of the people in the country when you did eventually went back, uh, it must have been a challenging a, another challenge for you yep. to start the village and so on. Mm-hmm. T- t- tell us just a wee bit about why you did that. Well,
0: uh, the reason why I did that, it's really uh, exactly as the Lord tells to Moses. I've heard the cry of my children, you know, and uh, I I, I see their suffering. You know, But you are the man of the hour. You know, I call you, just go. You know, and uh, really, uh, when I heard that, I could not stand. I have to stand. To begin, I just started by going to a village, you know, where? Really, it's there is no church at all. It's just that witchcraft and things like that. You know, I went with the slide projector to tell about the story of Jesus. At the end of the day, I knew they did not like it. They didn't want it, and they didn't want me to re- just to repeat it. But it's happened that it's a village where my ancestors, you know, was. I think my, grand, my great-grandfather, you know, really come from that village. So I went back completely disappointed because my father wanted to, you know, evangelize and put a church. And he, he, he had no time. He went to be with Jesus. And I said, Lord, if my father was not able to put a church there, allow me to do it. But I have been kicked out. And I told my wife. What can we do? Then the Lord give me that vision. Just go in that village. Adopt a child. Pour the love of Jesus Christ on that child. Do all your best on that child. Love that child. You know, and put her among your children. Instruct her. Put her to school. Make a difference in in her life. Then send her back. And the villagers will see. They will see the difference that you have made in that girl's life. And from there, me. The Lord, I will do the rest. So you got wisdom from God, y- I got. yet
1: again. Yes, you were
0: obedient again.
1: Yeah, but of course that led not from
0: one child. Well, you tell the story. What? One yeah, one. yeah. Anyway, uh, then I went. I told my wife, and she said, "Can you adopt? Can you receive a girl if or a child if I adopt?" She said, "Yes." So I went. After a long time, at the end of the day, they called me and they said they told me it was just a girl of four years old. She was just standing there and her name was kudpoko Kutpoko is a fetish name which means that the relay on fetish to have her but you know if you have a fetish if you rely on fetish, and you did not fulfill your promises that child may be taken back again you know by by, by the fetish this is their belief anyway yeah. but I, I was not there but i was not believing so in pa- that pagan belief really. uh, that's pagan belief but for me i did not believe in that so then that girl was standing there and they told me this is the, the child that we want you to take take that child with you so i was very hard i went on a moped and i took her in the back of the moped 55 kilometers away from the city you know in the bush take her back home and i told my wife this is the child adopted that they gave you four years old all my wife took her put her with our children you know feed her make clothes dress her up when she was aged to go to school we sent her with our children to school you know what she was just intelligent she has completely changed Instead of, you know, dying, she was living, instructed, and she went on with my kids, she passed all her exams to the, to higher school. When she went to high school, we asked her, we named her Sarah. We asked her, Sarah, what do you want to be? She said, I want to be a nurse. We said, Okay, if you want to be a nurse, we pay you. Then we pay her to a nursery school. She did very well, she so got got all her diploma. Then we thank God for that. We celebrate that day. And then now we tell her, the work that you have to do now for us, Sarah, is for you to go back to that village with all the aching medicine, headache, toothache, backache, because people are suffering more about all the aching, you know, because they're cultivating by hand and on, on, on. Go back there, spend a weekend, you know, and then give them all this medicine. Show them that God gives life. Jesus is a life And the way he saves you And gives you life The same thing You know he can do that to them So we bought the medicine And we sent her back on the moped. She spent all the weekend there Friday evening she gave the medicine Saturday she gave the medicine on Sunday before she came back, everybody was they were on groups and we was just talking. You see, she was supposed to die. She's the one could The fetish was supposed to take her back on and, on and on and on and on and on. But now she's alive. She came back, she made a report. We said, Thank God. Praise God, you know, for what you're doing. Then now one day I received a message, you know, from that village. They said they didn't need me. I went. When I went, all the people men and adults was in one place men and women in one place and the other side was maybe like hundred children you know standing playing and they're there so I went and they said okay we send a word to bring you here because we want to tell you the truth first of all we want to confess because the fetish was supposed to take that girl back and we knew that we did not fulfill our promises she was going to die and this is the reason why one of the reasons we give her to you is just to avoid being responsible and to see her die. die. But in your hands, whatever God does, well, we can blame you or we can praise you. <laughs> we have seen it. Now we understand the reason why you brought the gospel. Look, she was supposed to die. She's the one treating us. And they give a report of all what has happened and every single thing. I said, thank God. So they said, now, Look at all the two uh, the, the, the the hundred children standing there. We allow you to take them all home. Uh, take them all with you home. Hundred children. Yes, make them to be like, you know, this girl that you're, you. We allow you to do it. You allow you to come back and open the church in this place because you want good to us, not evil to us. Went back home and I give a report to my wife. Are you ready for hundred children now? She said, No, I cannot. And this is where now the dream started. This is where we approached God. We said, what can we do to have all these hundred children? We don't want, even want to miss. Father, open our eyes. Help us, Lord. And then the Lord now gave us this vision to open a boarding school. When you open a boarding school, you can take even hundred of them at the time. No problems. Just do it. So that's how the word of hope, the, the ministry that Samuel has been taught was born. Exactly.
3: Exchange it someday for
1: That's Alan Jackson with his version of that wonderful hymn, The Old Rugged Cross. Now, just a reminder that if you want to know about Myra's Wells and indeed the, the birthing, if you like, of this link with Bikino Faso, that then the person that you need to talk to is Eddie, who you heard from a moment or two ago. Now, you can drop him a line. That's Eddie E-double-D-I-E uh, and at Myra's Wells org. That's his email address at Myra M-Y-O. R-A-S. Myra, incidentally, was Eddie's wife who was very tragically killed in a car accident, of course. It was tragic, the loss, but we know that Myra is alive and well in heaven. And, and that tragic death birthed a wonderful ministry where wells are being planted all over uh, Africa in Burkina Faso and of course led to Eddie developing a relationship with Michelle, Samuel and many, many others and that work has grown and grown and grown. Uh, now if you be interested in at least registering your interest in Myers Wells and indeed uh, in supporting the work in Burkina Faso uh, then drop Eddie a line, that's Eddie at Wells. Dot org, myra Eddie at Myers-Wells, at dot org. And as I said before, if you want to hear more from this wonderful man of God, uh, Michelle, uh, and indeed Samuel, then you are invited to come along to Emmanuel Church in Southbourne uh, this Sunday evening at 630 p.m. And uh, you will undoubtedly be blessed and you will be very welcome. Now um, Michelle, you went on to become uh, the president of the Assemblies of God Church uh, in Burkina Faso. Uh, A wonderful work and a wonderful responsibility. Uh, uh, Clearly on Sunday night, you'll probably be able to have more time to tell us more about it. But tell us about just little stories of what happened really in in, in your heading Mm. up, that that wonderful denomination in, in Burkina.
0: Well, I just want you to know that uh, it was really a divine appointment when a team of people you know, after uh, Assemblies of God was born seven years in the United States, came together and were praying about where God you want us to go. And this team of people who were praying, you know, had the revelation from God that uh, they have to go in, uh, uh, you know, in Africa you know, in in Upper Volta Uh, that moment was named Sudan, you know, and uh, uh, th- th- there, God told them, we want you to go there. Nobody knew about, nobody knows about Burkina Faso. But they were obedient to God, arise on the boat, they ride across the ocean, they eat Senegal, where they ask about, you know, where is Apa Volta? Then they showed them a little bit how to go through uh, uh, Sierra Leone and then Guinea. At the end of the day, they ended by the Niger River. And on that Niger river that moment in 19 in 1920 it was just just uh, i tell you dangerous but with could you know they were able to ride uh, to go on that to swim on that uh, river up to Niger, uh, up to uh bamako uh sorry uh, yeah bamako in mopti yeah mopti is in mali and from mopti they went out and they asked how can we get to that country it was only by donkeys and horses that, could, that they could go maybe about 1,000 kilometers, you know, to go to that place. But they did it until 1921. The 1st January 1921, they were just standing before the king's palace, trying to tell the king, we have been sent by God. And, and we wanted, we have a message for that. Then the king gave them a place, you know, to stay and they give them maids people to help them you know learn the language teach them the language and and then work and this is how they learn the language through you know those 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 maids those people helping them and then now were able to communicate i'm telling you 6 months after their study start they got the first uh, the, the, the first disciples and already the power of god was on that and i'm telling you this because my father was a young man he was standing there the first crusade they were just making trying to explain uh, believe in in the name of the lord jesus christ and you and your family shall be saved and my father gave himself to the lord with a team of people within six months the spirit of god fall on them and the missionary said what can we do with you this way we wanted to take you for three years train you show you the word of god until you receive the power from above so, what can we do? Just we release you, go and preach the gospel. From that moment, today to today, the gospel is preached. God is revealing himself. Jesus is doing signs and wonders. And from there, the gospel went to Niger, to uh, Senegal, to uh, Cote d'Ivoire, to Ghana, you know, everywhere from Burkina that the Assemblies of God shall spread to all these nations. Just because of the obedient people who give themselves to the Lord, knowing not where they are going, but to put themselves in the hands of the Lord. Today, Burkina is a blessed country because Christ is the King. Even though many things are happening, trouble and all these things, Jesus Christ. He's a king.
1: Of course, one of the things that you were sharing with me personally was that although there is civil unrest and so on in Burkina, there's been various coups and so on, uh, that in fact what it has done is it has unified the church. It has unified, brought Christians of different traditions and not just Christians but of other faiths yeah. as well, yeah. um, which is amazing. Now, also, we touched very briefly with what Samuel was saying. Obviously, you provide through the, the word of, of hope. You provide medical services, and many of the people who go there, and I guess many of the people that you work with are Muslim, but you're seeing God work very, very powerfully through visions and dreams and so on, in the in the God revealing Himself to people of other faiths and so on. Tell us a little bit about, about what's been happening on that front. Yeah. Uh,
0: right now in Burkina, it's it's just uh, it's just wonderful. I really don't know what to say, but. Uh, even in, in the islamic faith uh, if you listen you know to the way people are talking you you can see now that there is even more closer fellowship you know between religions between muslims and, and christians you know there is more closer fellowship between animists, you know and, and other religions in the same family in burkina you can have all these religions together. You can have animists, you can have Christians, you can have Muslims, and they all do together eating in the same plate. All eating in the same plate, you know, and then having fellowship together. And today in Burkina Faso, Christians, different de- religions, I mean denominations, who was even not copy, going together, who was just criticizing, you know, and condemning one another. Today, we found ourselves together in one shed, you know, seeking the face of God for peace, for revival, you know, for forgiveness, you know, loving one another, visiting one another. The federation of churches that we have today, we are together. It's, we are one. We are, There is no more division. But I thank God for all what is happening because God knows everything. Maybe if that rebellion was not there, we could have been facing really a religion war. could have been like that. We could have been facing a religion war. But because the jihadists came in, well, we forget about religions, war, and together we are working to to be together to save the nation, to save our life, you know, and live in peace. Now, in the same
1: way that God enabled the people in that village that you were telling us about to see the power of God at work, clearly the people in these other faiths are also saying the power of, of the Christian God at work uh, and I mentioned dreams and visions that's one of the ways of course God is communicating but, but what do you see really happening well,
0: like, well, what is, uh, people testify they testify about Jesus and more than that today when you listen even the Muslims commenting or preaching if you listen to them they, they are not afraid of mentioning about Jesus in the Quran but before you don't hear that, before you don't hear that, they, they, they can preach, they can talk and only just condemning and condemning, condemning Christians and this. But today, it's no longer that you hear them even explaining clearly who's Christ, you know, in the Quran and the communion and the fellowship Muslims and Christians should, should have to, together before you don't hear these things. You know and because of all that now the churches are growing people are getting saved you know god is at work we are just building churches like uh, uh, uh i don't know what you said every day every day there is new church born. so your growth is really oh, this is right at the center of everything completely and the name of christ of course is on the, of course yes yeah. in the name of christ churches are born every day
1: Michelle, can I ask you to pray now? Because there'll be people who will have been listening to the program and they will have had many, many things going on in their lives. It's always a blessing mm. when a man of God prays. Mm. Uh, could you pray? Maybe maybe help to lead some of us to, to, to Christ or to have strengthening our faith,
0: be more open mm. to the power of God through his Holy Spirit in okay. our lives. Yeah, okay. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus. I am standing before your throne, not alone. But many people now listening to this radio are standing before you. It's not before me, it's not before the radio, it's not before anybody else. But Lord before you after listening to this program, their eyes is open you. And one thing I know you hear their cry. You know what is happening in the bottom from the bottom of their heart. You know their difficulties. You know their tears. You know how much really didn't need your help. Lord, for some people it's almost like late, but never late with you. But before they said it's late, they are standing before your throne now. And I believe that you, the Lord omnipotent, omnipresence, you are everywhere and you there is a power in your hands. And you promise us just to wish it to you, just to come back to you, just to talk to you. And your love, who surpasses all understanding, will guard us and will keep us. Now, anyone standing on his feet or kneeling down, listening to you, opening his heart to you, taking his burden, you know, showing it to you, please receive it. Show your power. Reveal yourself to that person. Tell him that he's not kneeling, you know, for nothing. Tell him that he's not trusting for nothing. Lord, I do not pray for your answer for tomorrow or after tomorrow or a month. I am praying for your answer right now. I believe in you, and I believe that you are by thy side. You are even closer to them than the clothes they are wearing right now. So Jesus, if it is a disease, touch it now. Remove the pain. Remove the disease now, now, now. In Jesus' name, let every disease hear the voice of Jesus Christ saying remove come out in jesus name lord if it is a pain from wherever it is lord jesus christ from everybody and from all the body i do pray in jesus name for you to remove it with your healing hand touch them from their head to their toe remove all the pains remove all the disease in jesus name if it's a family problems lord i pray that you step in now if it is a problem between men and wife you know that they are trouble they are in trouble you know that they're almost in divorce you know that lord just because they are almost you know really in difficulty lord i do pray that you may step in now the spirit who control the heart control their heart Stretch your hand and just now bring fellowship and understanding between them i pray for parents who are suffering you know now because of their children because of the attitude of their grandchildren Heavenly Father, I pray that the Spirit of God will visit them now, visit them now, and glorify Your name, you know, in, in their life for bringing them back, Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of backsliding, bring them back into Your knowledge. Father, I pray for the Church of England. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, for the Church in the United Kingdom. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, for 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 all the believers. Visit us, Lord. They need your visit in Jesus' name. Send a revival. Wake us up. Don't leave us, Lord Jesus Christ, you know, in, 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 in where we are. But bring life to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.